Chacham, having now, so to speak, debated the point of the veracity of the tradition of Teresh as opposed to the tradition of the Stokim, of the Karayim, who refused to accept any kind of tradition, we saw the arguments. But now the Masi is going to explain to us how the Messiah of Teresh works. We're holding an Islam test of the Mamre Ashlishi. And like I said, now instead of coming to, to take the stance of arguing the point, now comes to explain the test. Amr Achab. The Torah is built on two factors. The one is Halachal Mashmishina. Halachal Mashmishina is that we understand that when Hashem gave the Torah to Moshe, besides for the Torah he gave him to write, there was also the Torah he gave him verbally, already. And that was the Torah he told him to pass down as, a, as an integral part of the mitzvah. Torah Shabbal Peh is what the Rice says as well. And uh, in fact, there's a fascinating Chazal in the Midrash, in the Pasuk, where Hashem tells Moshe, the Chaz Advarim Ha'edeh, Ki Alpiya Advarim Ha'edeh, Karatit Chod Bris Vesishat. So Pasuk Hashem says, write these things, because Alpi, these things, are made of Bris between you and Israel. And on that, the Midrash says that there was two parts of the term. The Torah that Moshe was given at Sinai. There was a part of the Torah which was told to write. But there was a second part, which are those things which were given over by mouth, and Moshe was told, don't write. Why shouldn't you write? Because based on the Torah of Alpeh is how Hashem made a bris with the Torah. And that's the famous line of the Midrash. The Karas have got this powerful bris in Yisrael and al Torah of Alpeh. And the Midrash goes on to explain why is it like that. And the Midrash tells us that because the written Torah was could be captured by the Goyim, it could be translated into any other language, and therefore the Goyim could have access to that as well. More than that, they could consider it theirs. Whereas the Torah Shabbat Peh is something they never had. Therefore, the proof that we, the real bearers of the Torah, is the fact of the Torah Shabbat Peh. And that's why it's, the Midrash says that in the future, the Torah Shabbat can get taken from us. And the Goyim can claim it's theirs, whereas the Torah Shabbat Peh is always only the province exclusively of Torah And therefore, the Torah is made up of two parts. There's the Torah Shabbat Peh, which was given to Moshe at the same time that it was given to Torah Shabbat and as I said, that is as far as the Messiah works. Which means when we know Darab to Darab what was told to the generation before that, then we don't have any questions. This is what the Torah meant, this is how we accepted the Torah and understood what the Torah required from us that we do. But now there are going to be cases where we don't have a Messiah. Because either new circumstances arise which there wasn't a Messiah on that, or because there's a possibility that people would forget things. And therefore something which had been a Messiah, but lost. And now we don't know what the Messiah was. So now what then are Kaish are meant to do? In a case where we, we have to make a halakhic decision, and we don't have a clear Messiah, either because this case wasn't exactly the case we had a Messiah on, or because we don't, we don't remember having had a Messiah. We've lost the point of the Messiah on that halakha. What are we meant to do? Now this is important, because... This is it's interesting that the Kuzari doesn't bring this as an argument. This is the second time you see in the Torah itself the refutation for the Quran. Because the Quran had no problem with that. It's just everyone can decide what they want. And yet, if the Torah provides a mechanism what to do when we don't know what to do, 
we can see that that the Torah means we're not meant to work that on our own. The Torah itself provides the system what to do when we don't know what the Torah is meant to be. And the Pasuk says, Ki There's something which is beyond you. Whether it's in the judgment, whether it's been dom the dom, been din the din, been nega the nega, whether it's talking about Tarachas of Lamanus, or Tarachas of Yisurim, or Tarachas of Tamil Batara, whichever area of Torah it is that we find ourselves not sure what to do. We find ourselves without a clear uh, Messiah of what the Halach was in such a case. So the Torah tells us, don't make it up on your own. Here we have him a first Mahalach. Well, the Torah works back from us. We come to the Ditsal and welcome Hashem Yibchar Hashem. Let's go to the place where Hashem is chosen. Let's go to the base of Mikdash. We go to the kind of the Shoftim who will be in those days. That's us in Helen or Gadol. And you give the Lachas of David, I'll tell you. And therefore you see here clearly the Torah says there's no option for people deciding on their own. Even in a case where you don't know what to do. So now there's a mechanism in place to make decisions. And that is that the Torah carries on. When we don't have the Lachas what we have is in Mamakam Hashayif Kharashem. It's probably taking the words out of the Pasuk. Why? Because Kimi Tzion Tais the Torah of Hashem Yerushalayim. Tzion was a place where, from which rulings of Torah were issued from the Sanhedrin of Gadol. And that is the Maimed, the Shoftim, the Shoftim, the Kohanim, the Sanhedrin. That was the place where they would come to a decision to decide in a case where the Halakha wasn't clear what Klaishon needed to do. And therefore, once we have a decision of the Sanhedrin, so the individual can't argue with Sanhedrin. Once there's a decision of a Sanhedrin, we instructed by the Torah. This is the race. We instructed by the Torah to obey the Sanhedrin. And therefore, we might have thought differently. We might have wanted to medaik the fossil or read it differently. Well, the Torah is instructing us. No one's asking you what you wanted to do. And you don't even have the right to do what you wanted to do. You mitzvah to listen to the Sanhedrin. Like the Pasuk says, uh, he's going to bring it to the next line. It says, Don't Don't move. The certain was tells you to do. You must have to listen to them. And I, maybe I would feel well. This Nehedrin in this star isn't a particularly uh, great Nehedrin. Maybe they aren't the biggest Talmud Chachamim. I think I know better. So not the pasuk says. It doesn't make a difference. If that's the Shafet, who's alive at that time, those are the judges who are there at the time. The Gemara says, the Shafet should be a Mecha. The judge, what well, the Torah doesn't say, you'll go to the judges who are alive at that time, you can't go to any other judges. And what the Gemara says, what it means is, <coughs> you aren't in a position to decide and pass judgment of whether I do want to obey the judges of my time or not. If that's the Sanhedrin at the time, then you must to listen to them. And if that's the case, whether I agree or I don't agree, it doesn't make a difference. Once it's a Psaq, the Sanhedrin of Gadol, so it's binding on, on entire Jewish people. Not only that, it's a parish in the Torah of what happens to a person who disobeys the Sanhedrin. And that's the next parish in the Torah. Uh, the, the person who willfully disobeys the reading of the Sanhedrin, so the Allah is called the Zakir memory, he gets put to death, he gets stoned. And that's the most severe penalty that there is. Hishve Hamoros. The rebellion against the, the rulership, or as you said, the halakhic rulings of the Kohenim and the Shaiftim, the Torah compares that to the Gdolish of Averis, the most severe Averis. The skill of Avadizara, the skill of Achilo Shabbos, the skill of disobeying as an agent. So that's 
So you see the importance that the Torah attaches to the fact that there has to be a central authority which rules and everybody is going to listen. And therefore, not only that is, is the person Chayiv Mesa for disobeying the Sanhedrin, but we do something we don't do in any other case, and that is we don't kill him right away. Normally when someone's sentenced that is Chayiv Mesa, right away we, we, we take him and kill him. When it comes to Zakei Mamre, we don't. We wait till the next Yom Tov. Why do we wait till the next Yom Tov? Because then on Yom Tovim, so the Mitzvah Valley Regal, and on Yom Tovim, the entire Jewish population is in Yerushalayim. That's what we want. We want to kill him, Barabi. That everybody will see that if you're killing this person, it's in Mamre. We want everybody to see. We want everybody to know about what happened. In other words, uh, I don't know, exiting publicly, but it was something which happened when everybody was there. So everyone would find out about it. And why was that important? Because you see that the importance that Torah attaches to the fact that a person can't disobey the central halachic authority. And that's what ensures that Klai Israel's so to speak, acceptance of the Torah is uniform. And then again, like I said, even though right now he's trying to explain to us more than present arguments against the Quran, the Chayra, this is the strongest argument in the Torah against the Quran. You see, the Torah doesn't make room for people to make up their own minds, to decide on their own. The Torah says, if you don't know what to do, you have a Sanhedrin. You go out to Sanhedrin. And if you dare disobey the Sanhedrin, you're going to get put to death. So there's no option of, well, I think differently, or I think everyone can decide on their own. The, the Torah is very clear about this. This is, this is the Torah. And therefore, this is the strongest argument that the idea of, well, let everybody decide how they want to interpret the Torah, and it's all good. You see clearly that it's not. That there's, the severity the Torah attaches to the necessity to have a Sahedrin who decides on, every, on behalf of everybody. Now, that's the concept of the Zakat Mamre. That's the concept of the importance of a Bangal Sahedrin. And this is last that Ba'ayit Shahseder Nisha may have void of us Nedin, Vishah Kitas Shabraham Yishna Maseder, Yidvakama Inyan Araki Vilisa. In order for this to happen, we have to have the, all the spiritual factors in place for the Sanhedrin to function, which was the Avoid of the Besamikdash, the fact that there was a Sanhedrin, the fact that there was Jurah Kodesh, which he calls the Inyan Araki, and when they, when, in a case like that, when there was a system in place that Kaisal could be convinced. That what the Sanhedrin or God, God will rules is something which is what Hashem wanted to be, and that becomes the way we keep the halach. That bain b'nevoah had to be at a time when there was nevoah bain b'aymet sohida, which means the strength of the, the of the rulership, which is uh, when there wasn't when there wasn't nevoah, but what there was in, in the second base of Mikdash was the godless of the Torah, the Sanhedrin. And therefore, they had the, the omits, they had the authority, they had the force to render halakhic rulings, which would be binding. In the first place of Migdash, there was Nebuah. In the second place of Migdash, there wasn't Nebuah, but there was that strength that Sanhedrin had. It's like I was saying, the morale. That as a group, they had a certain koyach, which could enact rulings, religious rulings and takanas and restrictions for Israel. And so it doesn't that. And because they were the body of the greatest, uh, so to speak, selection of, this, of the Tamil Chachamim, of the Gedolim of the time, therefore, Velo Yitakin Lavra Al-Kamusum Vahanaskamim Yilata. It's not possible for to Klaishok to come to an agreement against them. 
In other words, since it was clear to everybody that these were the greatest Chacham, all these are the ones that the Rechel Kodesh, where it was going to be, so it's accepted. They're the ones who can rule on whatever, on whatever the Sugi is, and that's the rules we're going to follow. Now, once it comes to this Yisod, and that is that there's a concept of a Sanhedrin who has the ability to render halachic rulings which are binding, and which tries to have a to listen to. So now we see a second point. And now this comes to the, the bigger objection that the Tzlachim with the Quran, we want to call them had. And that is, once there's such a, an authority, they have the right to make new Takhanas too. In other words, in most governments in the world, that's all in a democratic system, there's two separate branches of government. There's the legislature and there's the, 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 the judiciary. One is to enact laws, the other one is to pass them, to, to judge cases, and to decide based on the law, whatever it is. In Sanhedrin, are two jobs. The Sanhedrin were the judiciary, they were the Dayan. And therefore, any question of, of, of Torah observance, of halacha, of, of mamanus, whatever it would be, that went to the highest court, that was the Sanhedrin. <coughs> and they would pass them based on their knowledge of Torah. And therefore, that function that Sanhedrin would just work until now, when you don't know what halacha is, like we said, Ben Whatever area of Torah it is that we don't know the halacha, so they're the ones who are going to tell us what halacha is. And how did they know? Well, one of three reasons. Firstly, if you've, you've collected the Zikna Yadar, then it's more likely that they have a Messiah. It's more likely they have the Messiah. These are the elders of the generation. These are the ones who would probably have the best Messiah. Messiah of Allah Mishmah Yes. Firstly, Allah Mishmah It's more likely they will have than we would have. It's just like today. If you go to a younger starting off, you might know the halacha. He definitely doesn't know the Messiah. Like if you speak to a person in their 80s or 90s, he says, of course, I remember 80 years ago, this is what the Brisker did. I remember 80 years ago, this is what the uh, Chazanish did. And therefore, for sure, the idea of the Sanhedrin was they were the most likely to have the Messiah. Okay, so that's the, that's the, the first point. The second point, they have the book. And therefore, if it's a question of being guided by Siyat Dishmaya, to understand best what the Torah wants. So we made it. These are the ones, who, these are the people who are the most likely to be able to do that. And therefore that's all in, in their role as a Sanhedrin. And if it's going to be a question of Shekhar Adas, of, of, of working something out, then once again, we're going to defer to them as being the greater Tamalek Chacham. So that's as far as their role in, in, in so to speak, passing on what the Torah has already told us. That now there's a second function they have. And that is, that as a Sanhedrin, they have the right to legislate new things too. What we call, and this is what we talk about Mitzvah Sarabana. What we spoke about until now, the interpret, the, either the Messiah of Torah, which we call Darsh of or even the interpretation of Torah, that's all the Raisa. That's all the Raisa. That's what the Torah said. And Chazal come along and say, you can do Kiddushin. This is the example. This is the famous one that Ramban talks about. That you can do Kiddushin with money. How do you know? Because you don't have Darsh of that makes it a deraisa. A lady who gets married with money is married with a deraisa. This is one example. But in every case, where Chacham came to explain, this is what the Torah said, I guess the status of a deraisa. So let's put it in these words. When Chacham, when the Sanhedrin is acting as the judiciary, they're coming to, they're coming to uh, be a based in on a deraisa. They're deciding the Torah. That's the first job. And they would know either because, like we said, of the, the Messiah that they had, or because the level they were on, or because the, the, the ability to learn, which was great, whatever the reason might have been, that was the first function that Sanhedrin had. The second one was they could also legislate new. They could also legislate new, and they could make new taqwanas as well. And then he gives examples. 
He said, Vazen is Chayavno be Mitzvah Megillah, Upurim, or Mitzvah Hanukkah. And we can add much more than that. He's going to say, the Mitzvah of Hanel, the Mitzvah of Sudan, the Mitzvah of Eruv, all the Dinim de that we have. So here the Rabbanon won't come to say this is what the Torah said. They also knew it wasn't. The Rabbanon will come to say, we, in it, with our authority as a base din, are making a new Takan. Now, what's the authority that a base din has, or Sanhedrin has, to make new halachas? Bishlamah to explain the Torah to us that we have a possible form. We saw the Torah said if you don't know what to do, then there has to be a central, uh, a central judicial authority, which is the supreme uh, body of halacha, which is going to decide for Klai Yisrael. But we can understand very well, it's a, it's a pasuk in the Torah. But if that's the case, what rights do Chazal have in order to make new takonis for Klai Yisrael? It wasn't the interpreting Torah. This is something new you want to do. What right do you have to do? So, this is something which there are a number of explanations for. Um, the Kudar himself, the Hamishra Hamagatiyat, is going to talk about it a little bit, but let's first speak out what the different Mahalchim and the Rishonim are to explain this concept of Mechi Taisi, Rabban have the right to make new halachas. And it's not just um, a, a, an abstract question, they ask a much more real question. Because the halacha is, when the Apostles of the Torah, the Zayt Satayra, Asher Islam Ma'ishrib Nebunei Israel. And that the Chazal Darish in a few places, Mikan She'en Navi Rasha Lechadish Tava. This is the Torah, nothing else. No one else can come and add to the Torah. And if that's the case, if, if the Nevi'im couldn't add anything to the Torah, so then how can Chazal or Sanhedrin, whatever it's going to be, come along and give us a whole new set of halachas, a whole new set of concepts even, it's not just practice. The whole idea of Hanukkah, of Purim, of Muktza, of Eruv, these are all Midrabbana inventions. The Torah can't be added to. So, firstly, what what authority do Rabbanan have to add new mitzvahs that obligates us to listen to them, and how they added it? Why isn't that uh, changing or adding to the Torah? Okay, so, like I said, there, there's more than one mahalach um, in the in the Rishon Let's start with mahalach, which maybe this is the Chinuch explains it, or explain what this with the Chinuch means at least. The first halach is like this, and that is that the Chachamim just they were responsible for the Torah keep the Torah, and therefore part, the, part of the responsibility was issuing halachic rulings when Torah didn't know what to do. But part of the responsibility was also that if Chachamim see that for whatever reason, there's a problem which is preventing Klaish from keeping the Torah. Or there's a mikshal which is making people make mistakes on a regular basis. Then, it, being as we were the ones charged with the responsibility of ensuring that Klaish will keep the Torah, we have to make sure Klaish will keep the Torah. And therefore, just like we find in Sanhedrin, would send out, so to speak, paid workers to go and check everyone's fields that there was no kilayim, that no one was growing kilayim in the field. And they would go check by Shemitah that no one was growing things in Shemitah. And they would go check that the, wherever the base of the Kfarim were marked, the Kfarim wouldn't metamid themselves. And why the Basin is spending money on this? And the answer is because part of your job as a Basin isn't just to sit back on your, so to speak, armchair and wait for someone to bring you a dinner. The job of the, of the Sanhedrin is to ensure that clients are keeping the time. And if that's the case, if we're going to have to send out messengers or, or agents 
to go around and check archives of people in the Torah and enforce that, then there was what we call the Shoshim, it was like a police force, whose job was to ensure that people were keeping the Allah. And not because somebody brought the case to Basin's attention. Basin are well aware of what's going on. They're going to go and check. And therefore we see, like I gave these arms before, whether it was Kilaim or Shvis or Tum or whatever it's going to be, Basin went to check. They sent people to make sure, ensure that the Allah was being kept. And if that's the case, that's an easier, an easier level because it's quite clear what the problem might be and how we're going to overcome it. But if now we see that there's something which Klai Yisrael, in a big way, are making a mistake, something which is causing a mitzvah, then if that's the case, so then we're in, within part of our authority as the best and part of our responsibility as the best is to make sure that Klai Yisrael do keep the time. And therefore, if you're going to have to make new rules to put into place to prevent people doing things wrong, so we're doing that in our capacity as making sure the Torah gets kept. Right. So that's as far as the Mitzvah Leitah said that Basin will give us. That uh, the, the, the Mitzvah Leitah said all in the capacity of it's a way to stop people being over the Torah. And the best example of this is Mukta. The idea of Mukta is probably of rabbinic origin, but the reason for Mukta is Pashat. If you can't touch things, which you can do melacha, what you're not going to do melacha. And therefore, if, if a person could reorganize his toolkit, a person could uh, move his pens around, the chance of him writing with them or the chance of him doing melacha is much greater. If you don't even touch anything, then it's much less likely you're going to do melacha. So that's the, but now, the chiddush here isn't that this all not. The fact that Rabbanan made sakonas in order to prevent people doing averis, that's partial. That's not a chiddush. The chiddush is, and that is, that the Torah gives the Rabbanan the authority to do it. It wasn't something the Rabbanan decided on their own. And that we decided we're going to look after Klai Yisrael, and therefore we, got, we decided we're running a campaign, Shmir Samitsu's campaign, everybody sign up, we're going to make sure no one does averis. It wasn't something which, which began from the, the Rabbanan. This Mahalach is, the Torah gives Rabbanan that responsibility. And therefore, they're acting on, not, they're not going to introduce something new, they're acting on the responsibility that they expect them to have. Is this from the den of Arbus? Is this from the den of a basin have such a job? Whatever it's going to be. But this is a, a responsibility which they have, and therefore, this is something which uh, is not altogether a chiddush of, of rabbinic origin. We can add mitzvahs. What, the, what we choose to add what we choose to add as Rabbanan is based on what they saw was necessary, but the authority to add this as Rabbanan comes from the Torah. Is included in the Lysis Surah Right. And where do we get it from? From the same passage we said before. And that is that uh, when we said that whatever the Basin says, then it says, you have to do whatever they tell you to do, because that's the authority the Torah gives them. And that's why the Khazar is about to say, and this is really the Gemara in Shabbos. When we do a Mitzvah Rabban, then we say, Shekin Hashan of the Mitzvah. We say, Hashem, you are Mitzvah to do a Mitzvah Rabban. What is Hashem Mitzvah to do a Mitzvah Rabban? The Gemara says, Hashem. The Gemara says, from the Pasuk of Asis is called Davashi Yerucha. And therefore, you see that the Torah, so to speak, sanctions what Rabban and do in order to keep it there. That's one matter. Now, that doesn't explain. Mitzvah Sasei that Rabban gave us. And he explains that it says. And this brings us to a second. Did the Gemara bring it as a Makar for Chanukah? Oh, and this brings us to a, a second Yisod. A second Yisod. And that is, and this is going to answer a question which is often asked. And that is, 
if the Torah wanted this to be kept, so why did the Torah tell us? If the Torah wanted people not to not to touch Mukta and Shabbos, the Torah should have told us. And if the Torah didn't tell us, then maybe it's not so important. If the Torah wanted people uh, to wash the Torah line, so the Torah should have told us. And if the Torah didn't tell us, maybe that itself is the right. It's not so important. In other words, the second question is going to be that even if we can understand why Chazal thought it was important, well, let's just push everything else that high. And that is, Hashem didn't think it was important because He didn't tell us in the Torah. So why abundant do you decide that we need to do things now that the Torah didn't tell us? Now, the simple answer to that question is, Rabbanon decide based on the dog. It's very simple. There is change. And therefore, if you're going to say that there is either the world changes or the people change, one or the other, but if you're going to say today, someone bring up an argument and say, Rabbanon of today, we don't have a Sanhedrin, it's not an Indian Sanhedrin, but just even the idea that there are Chachamim Rabbanim today who ask the use to say that uh, internet use is dangerous, is, is awesome. Cell phone use is awesome. Smartphone use is awesome. Whatever it's going to be. And someone's going to come along and say, there's no possible in the Torah that says you can't use a smartphone. And the answer is obviously, there weren't smartphones then. So either the world changes or people change. And if that's the case, people, people change means is it could be that in a certain door, certain <coughs> restrictions weren't necessary because people were careful. Masha'an came in a door where people aren't being careful, so now we have to make restrictions because we see that it's causing a mechshah. And the example for this is the Gemara. The Gemara says that Midaraisa Yichud the Tupniyah is Mutter. Coming on the basement of David and Melech and the Wagaz and Yichud the Tupniyah. When they saw that. Why? Because they saw the problem. Maybe before that there wasn't a problem. People were stronger. People weren't Nikshal as much. So therefore the Torah didn't ask it. But when the basement of David saw this was an issue, people are being Nikshal. So now we have to do something about it. So the simple answer why the Torah didn't, answer, didn't go is, a, is, a very, is a, the circumstances have changed. And it's necessary now, it wasn't necessary then. That's a simple answer. But as you said, and there's a principle here too. And that is, even things which you could argue aren't necessarily a safeguard from a very. Washing the Torah in the morning. That's, that's not coming, or things, the other mitzvahs like that, they're not coming necessarily to prevent us doing the They're to possibly do things as well. What's the reason for that? Why didn't, if, if it's important, why isn't it written in the Torah? So there's a big issue over here. And the issue is like this. And that is that there's certain things which Hashem is Mitzavah, this is what I want. And if it's coming from Hashem, then it's coming as, so to speak, the rule of the king. This is what the king wants. This is what you have to do. But now there has to be a second point also. And that is for the people who are hearing the rule. So now we have to think, this is what the king told us to do. How are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? So we have to decide what's the way we're going to carry it out. That's not the king's job. The king has to issue the ruling. This is the law. This is what you're going to do. How are we going to manage to do that? How are we going to make it happen? We have to decide. So just for, as an example, if a king would issue a ruling, uh, a king would issue a ruling, um, citizens, you're going to build a wall around the country. Okay. He's issued the ruling. How are we going to do it? So it needs planning, it needs fundraising, it needs people to work. That's not the king's job to tell us what to do next. He's given the ruling. Now we, as the ones who are accepting the ruling, are the ones who have to decide how we're going to implement it. And therefore, the people who are hearing the ruling and that it applies to them, we're going to have to decide, okay, so you're going to have to portion the jobs between everybody who can do this, who can do that. You're going to have to raise money for it. We're going to have to find a system to make sure it gets done properly, whatever that is. 
that's the responsibility of the of the subject for getting the ruling, not the responsibility of the king. And that's the side of Mrs. Rabbanan can't come from Hashem. Because Mrs. Rabbanan is Klai Yisrael's way of thinking, how are we going to make kind of mitzvah Hashem gave us? And therefore Hashem gives the mitzvah, and now we as Klai Yisrael have to think collectively, how are we going to make kind of mitzvah? How are we going to make kind of mitzvah? And our response of this is the way we're going to make kind what Hashem said, has to come from us. It's not that the king has to tell us, I told you to do this, and I'm telling you how to do it. I'm telling you what to do. How are you going to make sure to do it? That's up to you. And that's the second uh, explanation of where, where Chazal are coming from. Where Chazal are coming from is it's necessary. If you've been Makabal the Torah, that means you've been you on yourselves to decide how you're going to make sure the Torah happens, how you're going to implement it. And if that's the case, if that's the case, then the Mitzvah Rabbanan, which come as our response as Klai Yisrael, of how we're going to ensure to do what the Torah wants us to do, is what's expected. And this is what they say, the Oymek, of, of what it says by Matan Torah. That everything Hashem said, they said on Hain Hain, they said on Love Love, what we just have to repeat Hashem. What Hashem said, do it, we'll do it. Yes, yes, no, no. We don't have to just repeat what word for word Hashem tells us. The answer was, everything Hashem told us to do it, so we said, yes, we're going to find a way to do it. And everything Hashem said, don't do it. So the answer is, okay, we're going to make safeguards in place and make sure we don't do it. But the response to everything Hashem said is, how are we going to make sure that happens? And therefore, if there's a mitzvah of, don't be mechal al-shavus, and there's a possibility that people, because they're so used to doing things during the week, are going to be unlikely to mechal al-shavus, then that is mechal of us to think of how we're going to make sure that what Hashem wants is going to get carried out. And therefore, we're going to have to put restrictions into place. We're going to make Mokta, and you're going to make Tchumim, and you're going to make Shrishas Behemah, and you're going to make Amir Laakum, and you're going to make all the other rules in the world to make sure that we keep what Hashem said. And if Hashem said that there's a principle of Hakar Satoi Vananais, for example, then we as Klaus will have to think, okay, so where then is it that we're going to make something of to make sure that everyone's Makritoi? And if it's going to be Hanukkah, or it's going to be Purim, or it's going to be any other nice, saying Hadal, then that's our response uh, to what the rules, what the rules of the Torah are. And therefore, this brings us to the Yisrael we said before. This was also the function of Sanhedrin. Why? Because the Sanhedrin were responsible for the Kiyama Torah. They weren't just a legislature who came to make new laws. The responsibility of Sanhedrin was to make sure Torah shall keep the Torah. And if part of that responsibility is us understanding. What's, what, what do we need to do to make sure the Torah gets kept? Then that's going to be part of our responsibility. We, we're responsible to make sure we keep the Torah. And if that's the case, the authority that Rabbanan had to attack and takonis was something which was coming as, so to speak, from the point of view of Tal Yisrael. What do we need to do to make sure that we can do what Hashem wants us to do? And therefore, it's really an extension of the Daraisa. And that's what we said before. We can't be Chadish Torah. We can't mechadish new mitzvahs or new concepts which aren't already written in the Torah. But what we can do, and what we expect it to do, is to implement the Torah and make sure the Torah gets kept. And therefore, the Konos Chazal are all coming not to change something, not to make something new, to add mitzvahs we don't have. All the Konos are coming to make sure that we keep the mitzvahs we do have. And that's the difference. For a novi to mechadish is coming as a novi. Hashem said, do something new. You can never do that. The Torah which Hashem gave us is given. Hashem is not adding anything. 
And therefore, a Novi Rashi Lechadish Tavar, because in the capacity of a Novi, you say, Hashem said, do more, that's never going to happen. Whereas when it comes to us, as Rabbanan, as, as Kal Yisrael, we're not coming to say, Hashem said, do more. Hashem said what He said. What we're doing is we're enacting what we need to do to become what Hashem said that we can do. And either it's going to be totally under circumstances all the time, or it's going to be totally on what we, Kaiser, will have to do to make sure that you're able to keep the Torah. So, for example, gathering money, a half shekel from everybody, it's Drabonin, but it's necessary because at Hashem said you have to bring Korbanis from the Tzibur. How is the Tzibur going to bring Korbanis? So we have to put the mechanism in place that the Tzibur is going to pay the money that we have the money to buy the Korbanis. That's not a new mitzvah. Shkodim isn't something different. Shkodim is the way to Mekayim the Torah. And the same thing in the principle we're going to see, but I'll give more examples, for every Mr. Drabon. Yeah. So.